Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, with the threat of interest rate increases, it appears that farmers are still very hungry to buy land. Farm Credit Canada Chief Economist J.P. Gervais will share the results of the 2021 FCC Farmland Values Report. He says the country's farmland climbed in spite of impacts from the pandemic, supply chain disruptions and adverse weather that affected parts of the country. India has lifted fumigation requirements for Canadian pulse imports. This comes as the two countries have agreed to resume free trade negotiations. Pulse crops are being moved to a fast track and results could be seen before a full deal is reached. Pulse Canada Chair Corey Leeson will tell us why this news is important for pulse growers and how much of an impact the recent concerns of global food security had on moving this process forward. After the break, J.P. Gervais. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Pulse Canada was very happy to hear the governments of Canada and India have relaunched trade negotiations. With me is Pulse Canada Chair Corey Leeson. He also farms in the Radisson, Saskatchewan area. So first of all, Corey, just tell us uh, about this announcement. Canada and India are renewing efforts to to talk about the prospect of of a free trade agreement between our two nations, and and in particular to focus on a, a so-called early harvest agreement that would include some uh, interest for both countries, and, and the most prominent in, in our world would be pulse crops. And, and so Pulse Canada, Pulse Growers are, are really excited and pleased that pulses are, are forefront in that discussion. Essentially that you would... would strike an agreement to have uh, a portion of a free trade agreement settled soon, relatively soon. So there would be some items of interest for each country that could be agreed upon, some terms agreed upon, and then that could be enacted relatively quickly as opposed to a comprehensive free trade agreement that would take considerably more time to negotiate in the range. Now, has there been some easing of those trade barriers or a sign of good faith that is giving your organization some confidence in this process? There has been a recent announcement around the, the well, what's been a long-standing uh, contentious or, or long-standing um, trade issue, which is fumigation of incoming pulse crops to, to India from Canada. And so that that has that waiver has been now uh, extended indefinitely while these early t- trade, uh, early harvest trade talks are ongoing. And so, uh, so that's very positive. Um, India has, has now waived the extra fee that they were charging in lieu of fumigation. Um, this is a, 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 a problem that has been, or a, an issue that the pulse crop world has been dealing with for many, many years. And, and has had tried on a number of fronts to, to get settled. So this is a, a really positive uh, development in terms of predictability for our industry in, in trade with India. So is it a coincidence that this is happening at a time when there are concerns about grain shortages and global food security uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine? 
Well, you know, I, I, w- I would speculate it is, possibly. Um, it, it would be hard to imagine that many countries, including our own, are not have a heightened interest in, in food security, production security, and, and really trade predictability. And, and a country like India, it's easy to imagine that they would be thinking and, and planning around the sort of relatively recent world events that would certainly be logical to do that sort of thing. Uh, Canada has, over the years, been a, a pretty reliable supplier of, of pulse crops and, and can be, and we're obviously subject to weather. But aside from that, we may as well try and focus on some of the things we can control, and, and part of that would be predictable trade for for the industry to export to India and predictable import uh, ability for, for India as a country. Obviously, this predictability is something Canada has been wanting for some time now, and a free trade agreement would ensure it would be difficult to make changes to agreements out of the blue that we've uh, seen happen in the past? That, w- that would be the aim, I think. Uh, yes, certainly. And that, that predictability w- would be very welcome for the Canadian industry. Yeah, predictability around trade rules. And, and as we mentioned, uh, fumigation rules, they, the nematode that's been of concern, Canada does not have. And so to, to have assurance that that will no longer be a, sort of a, one of the impediments to trade, then, then that would be very positive. I think we do have to recognize and, and give credit to Minister Mary and, and her office for, for working on this uh, last number of of months and, and, and more recently, most recently in India to try and get some of these, uh, these points achieved for the, for the industry as well as initiating the, the discussions around a, a, a early harvest trade agreement. I think that's very positive. We've had uh, good cooperation, or good, good engagement from the minister's office and, and the pulse industry has been engaged with, uh, with her um, staff to, to, you know, highlight what's important, and we'll continue to do that to try and achieve some of these uh, these goals for the industry. I guess uh, just finally, Corey, the news obviously is generating some excitement for the pulse sector. There's now possibilities to to clear up or, or at least uh, know, where, where the, know where all the dominoes are in, in the trade uh, matrix, so to speak. And so... Uh, it's a really encouraging time. And I think some of the world events highlight how important these getting some of these things done when you can do them um, is. And, and for a, a country like India that from time to time needs to import significant quantities of food, I think it's a great opportunity to, to partner with a country like Canada that typically has, has lost to export. And so it, Exciting time. We're looking forward to to being engaged and and looking forward to achieving some some solid results that Paul scores can can rely on for for years to come. Paul's Canada Chair Corey Leeson. This is the Agriculture News and Review for the week of March 14, 2022. Grain shippers called on CP Rail and the Teamsters Canada Rail Conference to accelerate their negotiations to avoid a work stoppage. Western Grain Elevators Association Executive Director Wade Sobkovich said any rail service disruption would make a terrible situation devastating. 
The dispute involves around roughly 3,000 unionized workers at CP, including locomotive engineers, conductors and train workers. While many North American and European countries have halted operations in Russia following the invasion of Ukraine, several U.S. grain firms continue to be active. A coalition of Ukrainian producer groups had written to CEOs of the world's multinational grain companies, urging them to stop buying grain from Russian ports until hostilities end. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting Venture said in her weekly report for Sasquit that Egypt and Algeria have had to switch to French wheat while Asian buyers are turning to India. Nutrient announced it will raise its potash production for this year in response to the uncertainty of supply from Eastern Europe with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The company said it will increase production by roughly 1 million tons to about 15 million tons. The company also said it will be hiring additional workers at its potash mines in Saskatchewan. India lifted fumigation requirements for Canadian pulse imports. This comes as the two countries have agreed to resume free trade negotiations. Pulse crops are being moved to a fast track and results could be seen before a full deal is reached. Pulse Canada Chair Corey Leeson said it's encouraging to see India express support for international rules-based trade, even though it likely comes amidst concerns about global food security. Jennifer Marchant has been elected as the new chair of the board for the Canola Council of Canada. Marchant is with Cargill Limited. She succeeds Charlene Bradley with South Canola, who finished her three-year term as chair, but remains on the board as a director. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Farm Credit Canada's Farmland Values Report showed an 8.3% national average increase in 2021. FCC's Chief Economist J.P. Gervais is here to talk about the report. Uh, Low interest rates, crop insurance payouts, uh, significant jump in commodity prices maybe help to offset lower than average yields in many parts of the country. But J.P., what do you see? is the main factors that are influencing uh, the price of farmland as we head into 2022. I've always said and I continue to believe that farm income is the number one driver and then interest rates come second. So to me, we first look at farmland values when it comes to farm income and the ability to sustain the demand for farmland based on income. But of course, interest rates matter. Interest rates matter in a number of different settings. It matters when you look at buy land. For 2022, we're fairly confident right now that we get four other increases of 0.25% of 25 basis points. So another 1% increase in the Bank of Canada rate that perhaps that's going to be enough to slow down inflation and bring inflation under control. Now, that was definitely the case prior to the war between Ukraine and Russia. Now, of course, I would say there's a lot more question marks around that, you know, a lot more volatility, but it goes both ways. I mean, you could build an argument and say, yeah, well, the the war is going to raise inflation and that's going to force central banks to be a little bit more aggressive and slowing down inflation. And on the flip side of that, you could also build a case and say, well, the war is going to slow down the overall global economy and the demand that we currently have for commodities. Forget about food. Demand for food is going to remain really strong. But for everything else, I mean, we could see the world demand comes, you know, slow down just because of the war. 
and the economic pain that it inflicts on, on the overall global economy. And because of that, we might have central banks being able to wait a little bit more before actually raising interest rates. So for 2022, I do think that we're pretty much set in terms of the forecast for four more increases, but or four to five. And I think it's a wait and see when it comes to learn a little bit more about what the extent of the war is going to look like, the timeline and so forth, to understand what will happen beyond 2022. So taking a look, uh, let's just say Saskatchewan, FCC forecasted a 4.5 increase for this year. Are you still comfortable with that? Futures markets are sending quite different signal now compared to what they were at the end or early or mid-January. So Right now, I think it's fair to say that we expect those receipts to be higher than the 4.5% increase that we're, we projected in 2022 at the beginning of the year. So how much higher? I mean, that's you know the million-dollar question, right? So it's not impossible that given the current level of prices, if we see these prices being sustained throughout the year to some extent, and if we have farmer operations being able to capture, lock in some of these prices early on, and that we do have a quote-unquote normal year when it comes to yields, it's not impossible to think that we could get the 15%, one five, right? 15% growth in cash receipts in Saskatchewan, which would certainly help and support demand for farmland. Now, I know there are a lot of concerns about increasing interest rates. What do you say to farmers looking to purchase land in the next year or two? to really understand what kind of risk are you exposed to with regards to rising interest rates, for one thing. See if there's an opportunity to take some risk off the table, perhaps maybe just pay a little bit of a higher rate, but just lock in some of that, those loans at, a, at a, an affordable rate for the foreseeable future, given that this is going to help from a planning standpoint, right? especially if you're considering making some transactions and buying some land. And second, I do think that from a marketing standpoint, a risk management plan is absolutely critical as well. We have some opportunities right now in the marketplace to lock in some of the prices for that 22 crop, maybe not as a high uh, at a price that right now, if you look at the nearby future contract, but nonetheless, there are some pretty good opportunities as well, knowing that inputs are going up, right? And, and that profitability is going to be challenged, you know, not knowing exactly what kind of year are we going to, to have as well. We're going into 2022 right now, a little bit dry. I mean, there's plenty of time for sure, and things have moved in the right direction, but there's still a little bit of ground to make up in terms of moisture. So I mean, it's really about you know making sure that if you're buying land, it fits your strategic plan. Where do you want to take your business from now to at least five years down the road? Building equity in your business, buying land, historically has been a, a pretty profitable strategy. I think it's been a profitable strategy to build some equity in your business and maybe look at some opportunities to rent land that you need to complement the acres that you own and farm. And so as long as your land fits within your your strategic growth plan, you know, between, let's say, now and the next five years, and that you have a good understanding of what kind of risk you're exposed to, both financially and from a marketing standpoint, I do think that uh, what I would say, uh, I would that's what I would say to operations looking to buy land. J.P. Gervais is Farm Credit Canada's chief economist. After the break... Corey Leeson, the chair of Pulse Canada. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.